Well, before we, uh, before I start saying anything, let's just kind of take one more opportunity to thank our uh, our musicians and our choir singers and Rob and. They and, uh, and certainly throughout the year, uh, all of these singers and John Grabiel and, and everyone uh, who helps to kind of allow us to sing and allow our hearts to sing. And certainly the psalmists tell us that we are singing to the Lord a new song. And that is one of the things that our choirs and our music folks allow us to do. And it certainly enhances our worship and our understanding and praise of God. And so we are very thankful for that. Uh, today's Jesus Storybook Bible is kind of a compilation of, of several different passages. And so uh, obviously we're not going to talk about all of those in a relatively short time that we have. But I do want us uh, to look over one of those uh, passages, which is uh, Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verses 1 through 11. And so let's listen to these words from Isaiah. It says, Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And a voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. And he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, and let's pray. God, we have lifted up our voices this morning in song giving praise to you, the one who has come and who will come again. And we pray, God, that you would be with us in this time, that you would continue with us in this Advent season. And we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen and amen. So there, it seems to me that there is nothing quite like music or like a cantata like this uh, to get us into the mood of Christmas. I love Christmas music. In fact, uh, I um, since November 1st, when I turned the calendar over to November, I started listening to Christmas music. Now, I know there are some purists among us who might not like that, but 
I don't care. And so I, I, I love hearing the songs of Christmas. It just it gets me in the spirit, if you will. And, and clearly you see lots of radio stations now that are beginning to play it because they can tell that this is popular. And so I love listening to music. But, of course, it's not just music that gets us in the mood for Christmas, is it? The Christmas trees get us in the mood as well. A couple Saturdays ago I went and got a, a Christmas tree for our family. And, and you bring it in and just the smell can all of a sudden hark back memories that most of us have of Christmas time. And, and this year I did something particularly genius, which was I, I brought the Christmas tree home and then I went out of town for two days. And so when I returned, a little magical elf called Megan had, 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 had put up Christmas lights and ornaments. It was perfect. And so, of course, then all you do is get more and more of the mood of Christmas as you begin to see more Christmas lights up. And, and then earlier this week, we had a staff uh, Christmas lunch, if you will. And a few ladies of the church who were so kind and gracious came and served us. And we ate great food and, and had great fellowship. And, and as you know, when you, you have certain foods like gingerbread or pumpkin or, or you get together for Christmas parties or drink eggnog, that all of these things cannot help but get you more and and more in the spirit of Christmas. And so here we are on December the 14th, a mere 11 days before Christmas. We've heard beautiful music. We've lit the Advent candles. We've talked about the Christmas Eve services that are coming up. Many of us are thinking about what our Christmas day is going to look like. And then we read a scripture passage that tells us that we are all going to die. It feels a little weird. And I'm not sure if you caught the fact that that's part of what this passage was about because it says it so po poetically. It says, the grasses will wither and the flowers will fade. But before that, it has told us that we are grass. We are going to wither. We are going to fade. And if you didn't hear it the first time, it repeats itself, Isaiah does, just to make sure. And I'll be honest, it feels a little bit, it's a bit of a killjoy, quite frankly, and, a, and an exciting Sunday like this to have a passage where it talks about death. And, and so you might be asking, well, why bring up that passage? Well, it's a passage that's oftentimes read during Advent because, of course, it also talks about the fact that, that the exiles are going to come back from Babylon, that they have been forgiven for their sins, and that the Messiah is coming, the one who is like a shepherd, who takes us up like a sheep who nurtures us and comforts us. In fact, Isaiah says, comfort you, my people. And so we have, of course, it makes sense to talk about the Messiah coming at a time like this. And I easily, because we only have a short amount of time, I could easily have just skipped over that whole part about the grass withering and the flowers fading. And a week and a half ago, if I were to have preached this sermon today, I probably would have done that. But then last Monday, just six days ago now, I found myself in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And I was in the middle of a church, in the middle of a funeral, for someone named Merlin Fields. Now, my guess is you don't know Merlin Fields. Merlin Fields is my mother's first double cousin, which means 
that their mothers were sisters and their fathers were brothers. This is how they do things in Kansas. And so I'll admit it's a little bit odd. But the point of me saying that is simply to say that while he is technically my double first cousin once removed, Merlin was really much more like an uncle to me. And so there we were. We are in the middle in McPherson, Kansas, gathered around this funeral of Merlin Fields. Now, Merlin was not the the CEO of a local bank. He had never been the mayor. He'd never been on school board or anything like that. And so it may be somewhat of a surprise, as it was to me, quite frankly, that that over a 1,000 people came to his viewing. And that, and that the pastor said, who had been there for quite a while, said, I have never seen such a thing. The funeral director said, I've never seen so many flowers, or I can't remember at least the last time I had. Why? For Merlin Fields, the guy who for much of his life, at least much of the time that I knew him, was simply the, the handyman, if you will, of the local oil refinery. Because there was just something about Merlin. I mean, Merlin was the guy at a family reunion who, when you got there, he was always making sure that you knew that you felt loved, that you were cared for, that you were important to the family. Merlin was the guy who we sometimes see as we're driving down, and he's the one who's taking care of the stranger's flat tire. Merlin is the, the guy at the gas station or at the grocery store who, who, who never met a stranger, and if he did, he made sure to get to know him, and he was more than willing to, to open up an ear to him and to hear what him or her and to hear what's going on in their lives. Merlin was, uh, was the guy who, even as his mother was in her 90s and couldn't remember as well, he, was, he would still go there each and every day in order to see her. Merlin was a guy who knew that every moment was incredibly important. And as we gathered on that Monday in that packed-out sanctuary, we were seeing each of those important moments for Merlin gathered around at one time. It was incredible. And at the end of the funeral, we began to sing that classic song, It is well with my soul. And much to my surprise, as I started singing that song, the emotions began to overwhelm me. I could hardly sing at all. And I realized that the words were not taking. That my soul was not well. Because Merlin was gone. His grass had withered. His flower had faded. I want you to know that that really, really stinks. And as I sat there at that funeral service, and as I looked at the Advent candle that was lit, it was an Advent candle that had been carved out of wood by Merlin himself. I was reminded of the fact that for so many of us, this may be the first or the second or the tenth or the twentieth Christmas that you have when all is not well with your soul, when there is somebody that you love for one reason or another is no longer with you. It may be a mother, it may be a father, it may be a husband or a wife, a brother or a sister or a friend. And in a time when everyone is celebrating Christmas and saying how great everything is, you know that you are missing that person. 
And you know that when you gather around together on the 25th of December when we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, that you will know that everything is not quite right. That something is missing. And I want you to know that we are in a society that would tell you to just ignore that, to just act like everything is great, to just sing another song, to take another sip of eggnog, to go to another party, to turn up the music a little bit more and act like everything is great. I want you to know that I don't want us to be that kind of place. Because we serve a God whom we learn about in Scripture who tells us, here's the truth, the grass does wither and the flowers do fade. And we serve a Jesus. We serve a God who is Emmanuel, God with us, and who chose to come down on Christmas Day, not so that we would act as if everything was great when it wasn't, but in order to simply be with us in the midst of our pain and loss, in the midst of those times when we are missing those whose grasses have withered or whose flowers have faded. And if we are serving that Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, then a part of our call during this Advent season is to be aware of people for whom they are struggling or in pain right now. Our scripture never acts like all is fine and you should have no pain. Otherwise, it wouldn't say comfort ye. We are called to be a people of comfort for those who are in pain in this time. Society will not do it. It is the call of the church. But it seems to me that this passage does not just simply tell us or or, or juxtapose, if you will, our own temporal nature and the eternal Jesus the Christ so that we can be comforted. It is also, it is incredibly liberating, it seems to me, because it allows us to begin living freely, not focused on what is temporary or fleeting, but on what is eternal. It may surprise you to know this, that the thousand or more people who came to Merlin's viewing and the several hundred who were there at his funeral, that they were not there because they were so excited to celebrate how good Merlin was at watching television. They were not there because he was Kansas City Chiefs' number one fan. They were not there because of the fact that he had this remarkable bank account. They were there because Merlin reflected for them, unlike almost anyone else I know, the selflessness and the giving nature of the eternal one, Jesus the Christ. And because he did that, it changed their lives forever. Merlin thought about the eternal, which is why every moment was so important to him. So one of the questions that we have to ask during the Advent season is whether or not we are living for the temporary or whether or not we are living for the eternal Christ. We need to reflect on whether or not we are living and loving as recklessly as we can. Are we serving without care of risk? Are we giving and forgiving without keeping record of wrongs because we know that our end is not the end? All of us, 
at some moment, just like Merlin had last Monday, we'll have a time either at our own passing or when Jesus returns to see whether or not we have been living each of our moments for the eternity or for the temporary. And Advent is a season for us to reflect on how we have been living our lives. Sister and brothers in Christ, we serve Emmanuel, God with us. Do we reflect that eternal Christ? Do we reflect it in the way that we love and comfort and care, even for those who are struggling in this time? And do we live each moment in light of the eternity of Christ? Because if we do, then when we sing songs like joy to the world, they will come from deep within us. Because we know that Christ's coming changes everything. Emmanuel, God with us. Do we believe it? And are we living it? Hallelujah. Amen. And we are going